Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Back on the show, Kings will play Duke on Saturday. Kickoff at 8 o'clock will be on the air at 4. going to be a little nippy at uh, Wallace Wade Stadium on Saturday. They're expecting temperatures in the 30s. Uh, never good for our South Florida guys, but uh, they'll have to deal with it. A lot of things going on in college football. Ohio State resumes practice. They're hoping to play on Saturday after their virus outbreak. Ryan Day will not coach. Notre Dame has pretty much clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. If Clemson wins on Saturday, then it looks like they'll be in the championship game. ACC has changed their protocols on testing, so now you get tested before you get on the plane so that we don't have what happened at Florida State the last two weeks. Joining us now to talk more college football is week two of the college football playoff. Uh, rankings will be announced in about a half an hour. Joining us now from The Athletic is Matt Fortuna. Matt, thanks for being with us. Good evening. How are you? Doing well, my friends. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Let's, uh, let's talk about the ACC uh, first, where we are, the University of Miami. And uh, the last uh, poll that came out for the college football rankings they were number nine let's just talk about Miami for a moment and your thoughts on the progress they've made up until we had a little pause here but uh, they're going to go into this next game at seven and one and rank number nine in the country yeah I mean in light of uh, the ACC scheduling announcement a, a few minutes ago I guess I would quote dumb and dumber and say so you're telling me there's a chance if they went out and if Clemson loses at Virginia Tech this week they could still make the ACC title game to play Notre Dame, who, who officially clinched uh, within the last hour. But you know, it's been uh, it's been a fun season, I think, at least from afar, uh, watching the Hurricanes play this year. They obviously had a rocky finish to last season, and, and you know, when you're at a program as high profile as Miami, where the standard is the standard, so to speak, and that's to compete and eventually win a national championship. Um, a, a lot of people didn't know what to expect this year, but th- that offense has really taken off under Rhett Lashley and, and obviously Derek King. I just think that's kind of been a match made in heaven. Um, you look at some games like that NC State one a few weeks ago where uh, King's just doing everything, you know? I mean, it, you rarely see that at a place like Miami where there's one guy playing such a dominant role on that side of the ball, but the guy has been everything he's been advertised as and then some, and, and he's really put Miami in a position here where, like you said, they are a top 10 team in a great position to finish as a top 10 team, whether they qualify for the ACC title game or not. When you, Matt, when you look at this and and let's go to Notre Dame for a moment, they really, could they not have an, have had an easier path to get to the possible playoff? Does that, does that entice them to, to get the ACC to change its format and invite them in and stick maybe to this kind of, this kind of layout to where, um, it's interesting every single week as a playoff game. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think you can look at it a number of different ways. And, you know, 
I get why the ACC coaches are like, either you're all in or you're not, right? I would feel the same way if I had to face these guys under special treatment. But if Notre Dame was an independent this year, as they were supposed to be, and they beat Clemson as they did, as they were already scheduled to play on November 7th, uh, they would be in the playoff. Like, you wouldn't need to play a conference title game. You'd already be in the same way they were in two years ago when they went 12-0. and Like, nothing really good, I think, can come from playing Clemson again on December 19th. I think they're probably in, even if they lose, so long as it's not a complete blowout and there's not chaos everywhere where all of a sudden things are uncertain. But, like, there's very little to be gained from playing that extra game in this scenario. Now, conversely, to your point, if they had lost North Carolina last week or if they were to, well, I guess they're already in right now, but, you know, if they, they lost to Syracuse this week or, or whatever, then you get a mulligan because if you beat Clemson, who's the number three team in the country right now, uh, you're in the playoff and you're the ACC champion. So uh, you, I don't look at it as this catch-all, end-all, be-all, you need to join a conference, have an easier path or not. I, I think depending on the year, um, things line up well for you. I mean, last year they were 11-2, and but because of the bowl structure – um, they were left essentially without a home with the New Year Six. So you had an eight or nine win Virginia team go to the Orange Bowl, and you had Notre Dame go to uh, the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando to play Iowa State in what was a pretty underwhelming game on the national scale. So, you know, it really depends on the year. It depends on what's happening elsewhere around the country. But in this year, I mean, you already beat number one. Uh, you, now you got to beat them again just because. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, this year the title game, if anything, can only hurt them. Matt, let me ask you this. You have a, a national view. So before I ask you my question, I'm going to lead. I have a story to lead into my question. Since we brought up Notre Dame, I'm going to go back. Maybe it's before you started writing. I don't know. But this we're going to go all the way back to 1988. Miami loses to Notre Dame. 34-game win streak comes to an end. I do the locker room show. I get back on the elevator. Uh, I'm surrounded by writers from the New York Times and the Washington Post and the USA Today. Everybody's at that game. Miami is dejected in the locker room. The, guy, the writers are on the press uh, elevator going back to their press box, and they all said, man, too bad Miami lost, but they sure are a great quote. They're great for college football. Isn't Miami good for college football when they're winning? Joe, before I was covered, that was before I was born, okay? By okay, year. well, there you go. <laughs> Not to make you, you feel walked old, into that but... one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, even though I wasn't around back then, I would right. agree. I mean, so I'm just giving you a little history. I, I got into college football, you know, in the early 2000s, right there in the Ken Dorsey years, and in the Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. And no, absolutely. I mean, look, there's a reason they command so much attention, despite the fact they've only won the AC or only been in the ACC title game once throughout their tenure in the conference. I mean, it's a national brand. It's a brand name that's, you know, I think you could say this with a number of different places, right? Notre Dame, too, being one of them. I mean, they're, they're so divisive. Everyone either loves them or hates them, but they have an opinion on them either way. And they tune in to watch them every week either way that I agree. It's much, much better and healthier for the sport when you have that brand name um, playing at the highest level. I mean, look at, look at the turnover chain. I mean, every college program in the country right now had some stupid sideline gimmick they do right now every time they get a turnover, and none of them work. You know why? Because Miami started, and Miami has the most swag of any program in the country, and everyone wants to be cool like Miami, but they're falling flat on their faces because there's only one Miami. So, yeah, I think that's the perfect kind of thing to illustrate your point of how uh, important Miami is to the national college football landscape. But by, by the way, Matt, it was the writers like Sally Jenkins and Bill Roden and Martsky. <laughs> these were days when you actually cover a game. Now we're all at home. 
<laughs> I, I do know all those names and I read all those names. So uh, I, I'm not that young, but you, know, okay. I, I, uh, you kind of walked right into that one. So I don't want to make this a Notre Dame show, but you, you look at <laughs> built for championships. And this is a conversation that Joe and I have had for years on what a team, what a Miami team uh, needs to look like as far as age and experience. And I will give Manny Diaz tons of credit for getting older through the portal. And people don't realize how many kids he redshirted last year and how that's going to benefit down the road. But I'm, I'm looking at Notre Dame's too deep. Uh, a fifth-year guy at receiver backed up by a junior. Another receiver position, Avery Davis, a senior backed up by a junior. A tackle, a fifth-year guy by, backed up by a sophomore. Senior at guard, senior, 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 sophomore, fifth year, fourth year, fifth year, fourth. There's, there's no youth on this team. So where they are right now is by design. Yeah, I mean, outside of the backfield where you have redshirt freshman Kyron Williams, a true freshman Chris Tyree uh, carrying the load for the most part, and they've both been phenomenal so far this year. Um, it's, it's a veteran-laden team with a veteran coaching staff. I know it's a new offense coordinator, but he played at the school and was a quarterback coach for the previous three years, so he's not a complete stranger to the place, obviously. There's a lot of continuity there. Um, it's a program that, I mean, I'll be the first to criticize them for, for some of their uh, subpar recruiting efforts, if you will, at least relative to the people they're swinging up against to compete for playoff spots every year. But you look at a year like this one, and it makes sense because everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Uh, that offensive line, which might be the best in the country, returned all five starters from last year. And they're down at least two of them moving mm -hmm. forward. And they don't even blink or flinch because they know they've got veteran guys, uh, may maybe not in terms of starts, but in terms of number of practice reps and familiarity with the system and with the program that they were not worried at all going into North Carolina without two starting offensive linemen. And it showed in the way they ran the ball and played on offense um, in Chapel Hill on Friday. So it's definitely – uh, a group that's very comfortable in its own skin, if you will. And I thought it was very telling. I, I'm not sitting here saying I thought this team was going to be Clemson and they were going to be in the playoff and this and that. They've exceeded every expectation I think anyone outside the building has had for them so far this year. But, um, you know, once it, it, we got to the starting point of the season, which didn't always look like it was going to happen, and we talked to Brian Kelly about what's this team look like? What did you guys miss out on by not having spring and not having an offseason? He was as calm as a head coach – can possibly be in that situation by just saying, I know what I have on this roster. I know what they're capable of. I don't have any questions. Um, and, and some of that is coach speak. And, you know, without being able to see practice and whatnot during a pandemic, it's very easy to throw that up as a smoke screen. But he was exactly right. He's pushed all the right buttons with this group so far. He was essentially looking ahead to Clemson, you know, about a month before, after a number of games, whether it was Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, um, he, he would bring that up. He's like, I'm not going to hide the stage from these guys. They're here to win a championship. And you can't do that without being the number one team in the country. So he said all the right notes. And, again, you only do that if you've been at a program for as long as Brian Kelly has and if you have a, a core group of veteran leaders on that roster who are multi-time captains and, and fourth- and fifth-year seniors who know exactly what they signed up for there. Well, Notre Dame has clinched a spot, according to the ACC, in the ACC championship game. So in, enjoy uh, Charlotte uh, in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll see Miami. Maybe you'll see Miami there, but we need uh, Clemson to lose, uh, which is unlikely. But you never know. At any rate, tonight is the round two of the college football playoff uh, reveal. The rankings, we expect to see Notre Dame probably number two, Alabama number one. What, what do you think this uh, is going to look like? Is there going to be outrage tonight when uh, the rankings are released? 
No, I don't think there will be too much tonight. I will be curious to see moving forward how Ohio State is handled, particularly if they have one of their next two games canceled because then they would be ineligible for the Big Ten title game. I mean, would a 6-0 and Ohio State team qualify for the playoff? Because they're Ohio State and they're one of the biggest brands in the sport and they were just in the playoff last year, probably. probably. But I don't know. I mean, that would it be the case if it was Northwestern, right? Yeah. Um, and how far is Northwestern fall? I think a lot of people thought they were a little overrated at number eight. And like, frankly, they're being proven right when they lose on the road to Michigan State last week. So those two I'm keeping an eye on, really the whole Big Ten. And, you know, how high can Cincinnati climb? Can BYU get any respect? Those are the things I'm looking for because I think those are the things that will be most telling for when the final rankings come out in about a month and we know who's going to be in that final field of four. As far as your the Heisman goes, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, a month ago, it was his to lose uh, from the beginning of the season to that point. He, he gets sidelined with COVID, comes back last week and looked like he didn't miss a snap and uh, almost exceeds his, his high watermark as far as yards uh, passing in a game. And is, is it his still to lose or what do you see in the Heisman front? Poor Clemson, right? They've had two games in the last month, and they've had two different quarterbacks, and both of them have thrown for more than 400 yards. I mean, what a yeah. what a terrible problem Davos Sweeney has on his hands right there in Dust Valley. Huh? Um, I, I was with you uh, pre-COVID. Um, I think it was his to lose. Uh, I wrote our Heisman straw poll, and I thought it was pretty interesting to see him just completely fall off the radar this last month. And again, I understand you're not in the spotlight. You're not playing for more than a month. People are going to forget about you. But yep. the ACC started earlier than everyone. He still had twice the body of work that Justin Fields did. And Justin Fields was number one on our list for a couple of weeks until uh, he threw three picks against Indiana. So I, I think it's, it's always a fickle award because there's always kind of a flavor of the month who everyone gets behind and immediately, you know, leaves behind as soon as he throws a couple of interceptions because, let's face it, this is probably a quarterback award again this year. Uh, but I'll be fascinated to see how this looks when all is said and done and you have comparable bodies of work to compare people to. Kyle Trask looks like the leader in the clubhouse right now, uh, but, but he's going to have – he'll have – let me put this way, he'll have the opportunity to clinch it if he beats Alabama in the SEC title game. I don't think Florida's going to beat Alabama, and if they don't beat Alabama, I don't think the loser of that game and its last showing in public is going to end up being the Heisman Trophy winner. But you know what? Number two in our poll every single week so far this season has been Mac Jones, so I think he's in really good position too, so long as some of his talented teammates don't steal too many votes for him. But Trevor Lawrence goes and beats – Notre Dame and beats them handily and shows just how valuable he is because Clemson lost to Notre Dame without him, that's going to leave a mark uh, on the voting body as well. Uh, I thought Dabo Sweeney's comments today were pretty telling when he said he's the best player in the country. Anyone who watches football knows that. He doesn't need a Heisman to validate that. I mean, look, they're not saying tank for Trask. They're saying tank for Trevor. I mean, he's, he is the best player in the country. He's the best NFL prospect in probably a decade, at least since Andrew Luck. So I, I, I wouldn't rule him out just yet. Matt, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. You've been a great guest. Uh, thanks for the information. Also, thanks for reminding me that I'm aging every single day. <laughs> Rapidly. <laughs> but the good news is Joe will give you a history lesson whenever you need one. <laughs> you have my number. You can come on in. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Matt Fortune of The Athletic. This uh, ACC thing's kind of unfolding as we've come on the air, so – Real fast, what they did is Notre Dame is only going to play one more game. Notre Dame plays Syracuse on Saturday, right. and then they're done. Because Wake Forest is going to play. How many games will have they have played? Will they uh, be at the 11th? <laughs> I think 10. Well, 10. May, okay, right. So 10 conference games. So Florida State is going to play. Wake Forest was supposed to play Notre Dame. They're not going to play Notre Dame now. Wake Forest 
is going to play Louisville on December the 12th. And then Wake Forest is going to play Florida State on December the 19th. Florida State, Florida State's going to get a couple more games out of this. So uh, <laughs> let me get people more confused. Wake Forest was scheduled to play Notre Dame. They will now play Louisville. Florida State will play host to Duke on December the 12th. And Florida State will travel to Wake Forest on December 19th. So Florida State gets two more games instead of Clemson and Virginia they get Duke and Wake Forest. That's their trade. Not playing Virginia, not playing uh, Clemson. They're going to play Duke and Wake Forest. Notre Dame's going to play Syracuse. Miami's going to play Duke, North Carolina, and Georgia Tech. So Joe, and hopefully, it, and, and by Notre Dame going into the championship game, what has opened the path for, there's going to be this outrage that they made it easy for Notre Dame. But you could look at it this way. Depending on what happens here, it's very possible that if Clemson beats Notre Dame, and that's their only loss, both of them go to the playoff. And Miami, if they were to continue to win, they could find themselves, you know where, right here. I take that. Yeah, yeah, so would I. (laughs) I'd be, I'd be home. That'd be great. But, but you've got Notre Dame right now at eight and zero. They had originally scheduled. Syracuse this week, followed by Wake Forest. So what you're saying is is that Wake Forest is going to be dropped and not replaced. Correct. So they will have they will have played a nine game season. Well, there you go. So, so the the results will be based on I guess nine games because if Virginia if uh, Clemson wins on Saturday, Saturday night, and they're playing at the same basically the same time Miami is. Right. If they beat Virginia Tech, they would they would clinch. Okay. That's gonna people are gonna go crazy yeah. with Notre yeah. Dame only playing nine games. I think they've already gone crazy. Well, I, I mean they've started, but that's gonna be that's gonna be the hottest topic. Well, it's, nine conference games. Well, they're, nine, they're, it'll, it'll be ten games overall. Ten games overall, but one short. Then if every well, yeah. If, yeah. It One makes short, for great radio. Yeah. <laughs> their, their non-conference game was South Florida. Correct. So they'll end up one conference game short, uh, perhaps. Well, mm-hmm. no, they will end up one conference game short. They will, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, right. I'm glad we're playing three more games as Me of too. today. That's yeah. all I have As to of say. today, I'd love for them to play four more. Yeah. Well, which would include sure. a bowl game. And, and we uh, won't even get to the point, Joe, that we're done on the 19th and – I think Blake James told us uh, Friday, last Friday morning when we were doing filling in for the Joe Rose show that um, he said there, there's a game, a bowl game start five or six days after our last game. Now, of course, Miami is not projected to go into that bowl game, but can you imagine that? Well, I think, you know, real fast before we go to Corey Gaynor, if you're Miami, what you're looking at is you have three games left. And the reality is you're you're probably playing – for a New Year's Six Bowl game, Orange Bowl or the Peach Bowl. If you win three and finish 10-1, and one, I think Miami's going to get a New Year's Six Bowl. And then if it's the next year, it's probably the bowl game in Orlando that was the, the Champs Bowl and the Camping World Bowl, which is now, I think, the Cheez-It Bowl. But okay. I'd much rather eat oranges than cheese. Yeah, well, I'd rather for now. be right here in, 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 in Dade County at, at Hard Rock Stadium with our – 
our dear friends that uh, do a great job with the Orange Bowl, without a question. And what the rumor is, or, or as how it's being projected, is it would be a Miami-Florida matchup, correct? Well, it could. Yeah, it could. If, if you know, Notre Dame and or Clemson, you, you probably need Clemson to beat Notre Dame. So, and you then you need to hope that the playoff takes both of them. So, mo- right now you're staring at Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and we'll see who number four is because Ohio State was in limbo. Uh, and like Matt said, what are you going to do with Ohio State? So we'll see that the playoff rankings come out at 7 o'clock. When we come back, Corey Gaynor joins us here on the Hurricane Hotline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.